All right. God is good. I got a little surprise for you guys. Can't tell you what it is. I made something. I made something. No. Anyway, no, I didn't make anything. I can cook, but just not the things you guys might like. Anyway, uh, turn to Exodus for me. Exodus. All right. Exodus 16. I'm talking about the children of Israel. They've just left Egypt. Well, I shouldn't say they just left. They've left Egypt. They're, they're going into the wilderness, traveling to where they're going to need to go. Um, what's funny about them is God, basically, the children of Israel are, are the biggest whiners in the world. God releases them from their captivity, hundreds of years of captivity, you know, they, they cry for a deliverer. God sends them Moses. They walk out of Egypt, two million people, around two million, million people. And it talks about in the Bible that they had a pillar of uh, fire, a cloud by day. Basically, a cloud during the day to shade them from the sun. A fire by night to keep them warm in the desert. And it also says that their clothes didn't wear out. None of their clothes wore out. So you guys know that, you know, you buy that pair of jeans and you're like, how did these wear out in like two weeks? You know, you're like, how are these shoes and they're they're broke down and they're they're worthless. God basically put supernatural um, provision over their clothes. Their clothes never wore out. So they're they're walking out of, you know, they're walking out of Egypt. And basically the Egyptians gave them all their riches. They walked out filthy, stinking rich. Their clothes aren't wearing out. They've got everything they need. And then they get to the Red Sea. And what do they say? Oh, that we would go back to Egypt or die here in the desert. They, they see the Red Sea and they're like, how do we get through this? How do we, Mercy, you can sit down. Sorry, I forgot. How can we see? Yeah, we'll do it after. Mercy's just standing there like, come on, you're killing me here. Um, but they come to the Red Sea. They see Pharaoh's armies and they say, oh, that we should go back to Egypt and we would rather die there than die or be there in slavery than die at the hands of of the Egyptians. That to me doesn't make sense. God does all this mighty work, sends them a deliverer, sends them everything they need, and they walk out of Egypt with all the, basically the Egyptians were just giving them their stuff. Here, take our stuff, take our stuff. They were carrying out their livestock. Everything was, coming, was going with them. It talks about that even the elderly could make the walk. God was putting supernatural provision and health over their bodies. Even the elderly could walk. They didn't have to be carried out. God sustained them. And then they get to the, the Red Sea and they're like, oh, I wish we were in Egypt. At least we wouldn't die out here in the Red Sea. What they didn't, what, what doesn't make sense to us is that we look at it and we know what it was. It was a place of slavery. It was a place of death. And it was a place of complete captivity for them. But they're like, oh, that we could just go back to Egypt. Their mindset was it looked so good back there compared to what they, they saw because they didn't have the trust in God to take care of them. They saw God and they said, well, why did you just bring... And they, they blame Moses. Basically, they, they bring Moses. They're gonna, they want to kill him and, and just basically you know, leave him out there in the desert and go back. And go, why did you bring us out here to die? Why did you bring us out here to starve, to you know, be attacked by our enemies? Why did you do this? Sometimes we get into an area of our life that we may not like, but with what we need. 
there's so many times where we can, we can look at ourselves and say, okay, this is similar to, our life is similar to this in the Bible. We can kind of relate to people. You know, we relate to people and we're like, man, I've been, you know, somebody goes through something and you're like, man, I, I struggle and I'm, I'm struggling and I can see how they were struggling with things. Psalms is a great way we can look and David was struggling with persecution and different things like that and different areas of life and doubt and, and we can kind of relate to that. And we look at the children of Israel and we're like, how do, I, like, we relate to that because there's times where it's like, man, I was just, it was good back there or at least we thought it was good back there, but God's like, I've got, I'm bringing you through something to get to something. You never go from one stage to the next stage without going through something. You have to go through a hallway, a door, um, climb out a window, sneak out the basement, whatever it is to get to that next place. When you're, you're trying to sneak out of your house when you're a kid, you don't just go out the front door <laughs> unless mom and dad aren't home. It, but you, you sneak, you have to go through somewhere to get somewhere else. So, They were focused on, so focused on, oh, if we go back, at least we have something. So let's read Exodus 16. We're going to start in verse 2. It says, Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. That's a, just to let you know, that's not a, a group of people you really want to make angry, especially when there's only two of you, because um, they outnumber you a, a million to, to one. And... Um, and then the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died in the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to our full. For you have brought us into a land of, into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. But then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain down bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they will prepare what they bring in. And it shall be twice as much as they gather for the Sabbath. So Moses and Aaron said to the children of Israel at, at, in the evening, You shall know the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. Okay, so they're basically complaining against two people. Just let you know, don't get two million people really angry with you because something bad might happen. And... But God says to Moses, I will supply their need. They're like, oh, at least we could die in Egypt. We sat by our pots of meat. I mean, really, do you want a big pot of meat? I don't know if that's a good thing, like they just store it in a pot or, or if it's like actually cooking because that might go bad. But then they're like, oh, at least we had bread to eat. And God says, I will rain down bread. Now, I'm going to do a little thing. So this is bread raining down on you guys. <laughs> and here's more bread. And here's some bread over there. And there's some more bread back there and some bread over there. And there's the rest of it. I'm sorry, I missed it. Yeah. And there's some more bread. Anyway, so God rains down bread. Yeah. We should just leave that and see how well it, um, it sticks until tomorrow. Missed. So... God rains down bread. We always think of, of manna as God just dropped bread down. Like, okay, there's a bunch of, there's a loaf of, of oven fresher, Aunt Millie's, you know, pumpernickel down, you know, and, and they just pick it up and they slice it. My wife is a bad aim when she's throwing bread. So many times we see, so we think of manna as 
God just rained down these loaves of bread, and it's like, oh yeah, there's bread. We're gonna go out and cut bread and put some butter on it, and you know, where are they gonna get butter anyway? But um, they're out in the wilderness. Um, but we think of bread as raining down, raining down like loaves of bread, or just like you know, flat cakes of bread, and it really wasn't that way. You know, the the children of Israel had manna for forty years. How many of you guys know that you're gonna make manna every single stinking way you possibly can, so it doesn't get old? You're gonna deep fry it. You're gonna you know bake it, barbecue it, boil it, um, deep fry it, I don't care, whatever you can think of a way, fondue it, they don't have cheese out there, but um, you're going to do whatever you can to make it good. 40 years of this, and you're like, okay, how do we make this better? So they've eaten it every possible way. So a lot of times what we think of as, I don't want to be here, God's saying, I've already provided it for you. Some areas, are, some areas that God is working on on our life, sometimes our life looks like manna, may not always taste like we want it to taste, but it's there for a reason. God didn't say, hey, I'm going to give you the best flavored, dropping down, you know, now we have wheat and then we have multigrain. He didn't drop down multiple flavors. He basically supplied them with what they needed in order to have a good daily um, supply of food. It filled the nutritional field of what they needed to survive. And so we look at manna a lot of times and we're like, okay, God, I'm in this area and I'm struggling and I'm sick of this and I don't want to do this. But God's like, I have you in this time to learn how to be supplied by me. I have you here in order to understand what I'm trying to tell you. Sometimes what we get from God in the area of our life we may not like, but is what we need at that moment, in that season, in that time of our life. It may not be, taste like we want it to taste, but God's saying, this is what I have for you. Learn to like it. So many times we think, oh, if it doesn't taste good and if it's not a season I like, it's not from God. But sometimes that season from God is saying, I'm teaching you how to like this season because this season is a training moment for you to come further into what I have for you. And sometimes manna is God's provision for us at that time, but it may not taste like we want it to taste because we want something else. Our human emotions, our human wills get in the way, and God's like, I have manna for you. I have supply for you. I have nourishment for you. I have growth for you. I have what you need for this season, but if it doesn't taste like it should or it look like it should or what, what we want it to be is we think, oh, that's not God. And I don't like this season, and I've got to get out of this season. And there's times where seasons, we've got to learn that when we're in a season, it's either we need to be able to identify it, whether it's God doing something or if it's something that's an attack. An attack is not going to be a, a long period of time most of the time, but God's going to, to tell us, okay, this is what I want you to get out of this. Don't make me throw more bread at you. Sometimes God's provision doesn't taste like we want it to taste, and sometimes God's provision doesn't look like we want it to look, but it's always there, and it's always possible for us to access. If we, if we look at our lives, we have to examine them and say, okay, what season am I in, and how do I take that season and say, okay, God, what, what do you want me to get out of it? God, does, God works on us every day. He doesn't just do this one daily thing and say, okay, now I'm done for a while, and then I'll come back you know, six months later and I'll work on you. God puts us through seasons because he's testing us and trying us 
and saying, how are you going to react to this? How are you going to respond to this? How are you going to do what I've asked you to do? And I'm not saying he's putting, he's not going to, it's not like a Job thing where everybody thinks, oh God, just let Job, you know, go and abandon him and everything like that. But God is going to work on us through seasons. And sometimes it's six weeks, sometimes it's six months, sometimes it's, it's a year and God's just saying, okay, you can stay in this as long as you want to. It was the same way with the children of Israel. As long as you want to stay here, you can stay here. They decided to stay for 40 years. I don't highly recommend that. Unless it's a really good season and God says, hey, you're going to stay in this for a long, very long time. But their, their season was out of rebellion. Their season was out of them not wanting to follow and listen what, to what God had asked them to do. Let's turn to Joshua. I've got to be able to find it. There we go. Joshua 5. All right, we're going to start in verse 9. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of the Egyptians from you. Therefore, in the name of this place called Gilgal on this day. And the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept Passover on the 14th day of of the month at the twilight of the plains of Jericho. And they ate the produce of the land, and the day after they passed over, excuse me, the day after Passover, the unleavened bread and parched grain on, on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on the day that they had eaten the produce of the land. Can you imagine their, their reaction? You know, oh, we just rolled into the, the, the um, it's kind of like, okay, we, you guys ever go to the restaurant and you're like, you roll into the restaurant and you get in, you walk in, you're like, oh, I want to go there first. Or, you know, or you go to the food court and you're like, where do we go? Where do we go? And you're looking for it. Keep staring at that bread stuck on the ceiling. Um, yeah. No. Somebody needs to bring their animal in here and eat that. But, um, you, you go into the restaurant and like, say you go to Ponderosa and you're standing there and you're like, where do I go first? And then you spot something and you just like hone in on it and you're like, that's where I'm going first. I'm going for the twice baked potatoes or whatever it is. The mac and cheese. I don't know. Mac and cheese. I don't, I don't eat mac and cheese much. So, um, my wife loves mac and cheese for some reason. So, okay. But they get there and they 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 cross the Jordan. They eat of the river, or they excuse me, they eat of the land, and they're eating it. And they're like, "Oh, this is so good." They're they're at the buffet and they're like, they've honed in on that one piece of food that they want, and they're like, "This is good." Oh. oh and then tomorrow they wake up. Hey. Do you see any manna? Knock on the tent door. Sounds like this. Do you see any manna? This? Nope, haven't seen any. Go across the camp. You see any manna? Nope, no manna. And all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, there's no manna. Next day, hey, any manna? Nope, let's go out later, we'll find it. You know, later in the evening, no manna. Go back the next day, no manna. Next day, no manna. Next day, no manna. Maybe guys got us doing a fast. We're going to do a manna fast. And um, we're going to not eat manna. And then 14 days, hey, we're going to do a Daniel fast. They read the book of Daniel, and they're like, oh, we're going to do a fast. Wait a minute, 
they don't know about Daniel, but it was a prophetic thing. But um, they, uh, they're like, okay, um, maybe God's got us on a fast. Maybe, and then two, three weeks later, no, no, four weeks later, or 39 days, maybe we're going to do a Jesus fast of manna, and we're going to not eat manna for 40 days. You know, the kids are getting skinny. They're like, oh, I'm hungry. The animals are getting hungry. Dad's really hungry. Mom's hungry. Everybody's getting skinny. It was kind of a, a God-style weight loss program. Um, hangry, getting hangry. Um, that's angry and hungry at the same time. Just for you who didn't know that. But it's funny how when they cross the Jordan, they eat of the produce of the land, they eat of the, what is of the land, all of a sudden the manna stops. And it reminds me that, and it makes me think about how once we step into where we're supposed to be, once we step into the providence of God, we step into his area of promise that he has for us, that next season of stepping into the promise, how the old season fades away. We remember the old season. We, we can celebrate the old season. We can you know, rejoice that it may be over, depending on what it is. And we can say, man, this new season I ha- I'm going into is so much better. Think about this. If you, if you go into Ponderosa or wherever you go to eat, um, stay away from buffets in my personal opinion. Um, if you go into a place to eat and you, there's this food that you're eating and you eat it and it's so good and you're eating it and then you eat it for lunch and then dinner, you have just a regular dinner at home. You're like, this is crap compared to that. I don't want to go back to this. Do you want to go out to eat tonight? I want to go out to eat tonight. It's like, you have that one food that you like and you can't get enough of them. And when you go eat a regular meal, you're like, yeah, I just can't do this. I gotta, I, we got to go out to eat. You know, you ever eaten out for like lunch and you're like, and you feel like, you're like, ah, do I really want to go home and make dinner? Because that really tasted good. So you'll go back to the same restaurant and eat what you've eaten before or eat something similar to it because you want something different. It's kind of like the children of Israel. They go in and they eat of the abundance of the land. They eat of the promise that God has given them, but they go back and look for manna. I, I think in our lives, we, we, when God provides manna for us, it, it's heavenly welfare. But when, when God says, hey, now I've moved you into abundance, why do we go back to the heavenly welfare when we go into his abundance that he supplied for us? So many times we, we're like, oh, that was so good, God. And, but that season was so good, I want to stay in that season. That's when the manna was good and the, the, the bread was raining from heaven. And the funny thing is it wasn't bread. bread. Bread did not rain from heaven. Manna in the Bible, it was like grain. Uh, Psalm seventy-eight, twenty-four. You don't have to turn this. It says he rained down manna for the people to eat and gave them grain from heaven. Manna was like um, coriander seeds. When it came down from heaven, it was like coriander seeds, but it was like a yellowish amber color. And um, it talks about it in the Bible that it was like a, a small grain, and they took it and they ground it and they. Um, basically ground it up in mills and made bread out of it. And it tasted like a a bread with olive oil mixed with it. And and so we think of it as just like this plain old bread and, you know, they had to do something with it. But it was something that they could make 
meals with and they could bake bread with or flatbread or whatever you want, what you wanted. Um, always goes back to bread and every time I think about bread, I talk about Panera bread because I love their bread for some reason. But um, yes, I'm hungry already. So, but we, we look and we're like, okay, God, why don't you rain this bread back down? We want this bread. And we step from God's complete providence and, and blessing and we step back into, I want welfare from God. And God's like, I've got something so much greater for you and my blessing, the promised land that you're going to walk into, than you're wandering in the desert and I'm giving you enough to, to survive. I'm making it enough for you to get through so I can get you to that place. And God's like, okay, the manna was a season of survival and me getting you into the right attitude to move you into your land of providence and blessing and promise for you. Every time I think of that song, Pennies from Heaven, that Christmas song, you know, you hear it on Elf. You ever watch the movie Elf? Pennies from Heaven. I always think, and I just want to, I always say, manna. I'm like, manna from heaven. I'm like, and every time I hear that song, because like kids play Christmas movies from November 1st until I basically hide them somewhere. And um, so I, I look at that and it's like God gave us, as people, a supernatural provision. He gave the, the children of Israel supernatural provision through the 40 years in the wilderness, and, and even a little bit, actually a little bit longer than that, because they weren't listening. They weren't, they were setting up golden calves, and they were like, you know, doing things that he said don't do. And I'm not saying that God's going to put you in a, a wilderness for 40 years, but I'm saying is during those times where God is saying, hey, I'm providing for you, but there's a lot better for you, Rejoice that you have that, and when you step into the, the, the fruit of the, of the promised land and eat of that, quit going back to where you were just getting by. Quit worrying about when you just had enough, and you're like, oh, it was good enough for what I had. It's good enough for who it's for. You guys ever had that phrase, good enough for who it's for? Yeah, you guys, you hear that at work a lot. Oh, it's good enough for who it's for. And God's saying... Move into the promised land. Enjoy the fruit of, of what I've given you. Enjoy the fruit of, of the blessing that I'm pouring out on you. And quit worrying about going back to the manna. Enjoy the, the bread and butter instead of just bread. Enjoy the, the, the overflow of what God has for you while you're in, when you walk into that. But I think we as believers sometimes... We, we forget about how good God is and we forget what he's going to do for us. We forget about his promises and, and we need to be reminded of his promises because his promises don't just, you know, oh, they're there. I think we, we get reminded of them on a Sunday or on a, you know, whatever day God reminds us and then we forget about them the next day or, or a week after. And we're like, well, well, God's like, I have a promise for you. I've promised you this. Take the time to remember what it was. But so many times the, the um, children of Israel are like, oh, if we had just died here. Oh, you brought us out to starve. And what God was saying is, I've got provision for you. His provision, he, during the wilderness time for the, the 40 years, he was saying, I've got provision for you because you chose not to walk in my blessing. We, we all know God will provide no matter what. But walking in his blessing, and his blessing and his provision for our life are completely different. 
His provision for our life is, I'm going to keep you going and keep you alive and push you through and help you learn and get you to, to a point where you can walk in the blessing. But so many times we like to, we like to, oh, if we had just left us in Egypt, at least we'd have meat in a pot and some kind of fruit. I think we spend more time focused on the season we're in and looking going, okay, well, I don't know if this is what I want. And God's like, you know what? It may not taste like you want it to taste. It may not look like you want it to look, but let me go, let you, let me take you through this season. Let me get you where you need. I got my provision for you to take care of what you need to go, go, do to go through this season. But let me walk you into blessing. So when you cross over, and you eat of that fruit of the land, you're not going to look back and go, oh man, I wish I had manna. You're going to be like, remember that manna? It's like ramen noodles. And when we were poor, when we first got married, it was ramen noodles. And I can't stand ramen noodles. Every now and then when I'm extremely starving and there's nothing else, I will eat ramen noodles. But it's like, oh, we had so many ramen noodles. It was like ramen noodles and pasta. And it's just like, I don't want to eat this anymore. It was God's provision for us, but now it's like, okay, I've got blessing now. I don't have to eat ramen noodles every, time, every day, so I don't have to eat them. And I'm not saying ramen noodles are bad. I just can't stand them, so they're bad. Um, but it's like, I look back, and it's like, I look back like 15 years, I'm like, I don't want to eat ramen noodles ever again. And, and, it sh- and that's the way it, it was probably with the children of Israel, and they should have thought that way. And we, I don't know if they did or not, but I believe that they probably looked back and said, well, where's the manna? You know, they ate that amazing meal. They probably ate, you know, it talks about in, um, in Joshua, Exodus and Joshua that they went into the land and there was provision. There was grapes and there was everything and, and, and basically everything that they needed as a blessing to them. And you know, some of them were like, man, there's no manna today. There was no manna. And it, what was cool about manna was this, this is it makes us look at God and say, okay, how do I live with God every day? Manna could be gathered every day. And it talks about this in Exodus that Moses had to go out every morning and gather it. And he said, only gather enough for that day. But what people did is they gathered enough for two days. And manna, if, it wasn't, if you gathered it and stored it, that next, within that next morning, it had maggots in it. And it talks about that in Exodus 16, that it would rot. God put a a special blessing on them and said, I've given you enough for today. Take what you need for the day. Take your fill for the day. And tomorrow, my blessing will pour out more. But people got greedy. Well, what if we don't have enough? We talked about this on Wednesday. What if I don't have enough? I need more. I need more. If I don't have enough, I don't feel secure. And God was saying, trust me daily for your provision. Take your fill of what I have for you. Grind it up, make your food, make it chopped, souffléed, baked, scrambled, whatever you want to do with it. Make it, but allow me to provide for you daily. But when I bring you into the land that has fullness, that is your promised land, you're not going to have to, you're going to rely on me and realize that you've give, he's given you the fullness of it instead of going back every day and saying, okay, I need to find my manna. I need to find my manna. I need to go scoop it up. I need to grind it. I need to make bread out of it. So God's saying, your manna was a season of getting you through this area, getting you through the wilderness, provision daily, relying on him daily. But now when he brings you into the promised land, you rejoice in who he is. You rejoice in what he's given you. 
And when he gives it, and you look back, you're like, every day you look back and you go, man, I don't want to go back to that season where it was a day, it was just daily, and all I had was this. All I had was this. I want to walk in the blessing that God has given me on a daily basis instead of having to worry about every day. Because what happens was that they celebrate what God is doing now in that season and look back at the old season and, and, but still go, I don't want to go back to that, but God sure showed up and he provided for me. It may have not been the best of season. It may have not tasted like I wanted it to. I didn't have butter. I didn't have cheese. I didn't have all the good stuff to put on bread, but he made it a way for me to get through to this promised land where today I can say, this was a season where it didn't, I didn't like it, but God did something in me. And now I'm working on this and I'm living in this area where God's blessing is flowing into my life. And I don't have to worry about doing that. And I can praise him daily for what he's doing in my life. I don't want to ever want to go back to what it was 15 years ago. I can't stand ramen noodles. I can't eat more pasta. It was ramen noodles, pasta, and I can't remember what else. Was. And eggs. Yeah, I ate a lot of eggs. I still like eggs. Don't get me wrong. You can do those a lot of different ways, kind of like manna. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live where it's like, oh, we got $5. I'm going to put $5 in the car, and then that's it. I want to be able to say, you know what? God brought me through. He sustained me with $5 here, put $5 in there. You guys remember those days? You put $5 in, and it's like, then the next day you put $5 in, and then on payday you put $10 in, and then, and then you put $5 in, and you put $5 in. And I said, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live on $5 in ramen noodles anymore. Yes, coasting in the gas station. Or carrying that extra gallon in your car. I don't want to live those days. I, I, want to go, I want to look back and say, man, God sustained me through those days. I was dumb some of those days. I learned from those days because I did stupid things in those days. And I was struggling, but God was teaching me something. So when I move into that land of blessing, I look back and go, man, God was so good. He sustained me through this, but I ain't coming back from this. I'm not going back. When you step foot across the Jordan, you look back and go, I ain't going anywhere near that desert. I ain't going anywhere near the wilderness. And I'm not going back to where Egypt is because it's death, it's slavery, and it's daily. I don't know where it's coming from. But we need to look and say, man, God is going to sustain me daily. And when I get to that promise, man, I look back and rejoice that I have what I need. And God is, and, and rejoice that God sustains you through that time. Because it is rough sometimes. So when we look and say, okay, manna, it may not taste good. See, I cut up some, this was oven fresh. It's not really fresh anymore. There's a little bit of stuff mixed in with it. Soft and good, I'm sorry. It's neither soft nor good anymore. Um, so I'm going to just start throwing manna at people. Good, good catch, almost. Yeah. So think about this. When you, when you think about bread, think about my daily provision. What is God providing for me daily? It may be a rough season. It may be a season where you're struggling, but God is saying, I'm providing for you. What do you need to do to move into that area of blessing? To move into your promised land, move across the Jordan, set up memorials and remind yourself when you look back at the Jordan, say there's a, when Joshua moved across, they set up a, a memorial and they said, you know what, we're going to set this up so we remind ourselves when God told us to cross the Jordan, we cross the Jordan, we can look back and remember where God brought us from. God parted the waters for them to cross the Red Sea and he held back the waters for them to cross the Jordan. A a step of faith is is this, is so many times we think, well, God, you need to part the Red Sea for me, 
like you did before in order for me to cross. But what he did is he said, you know what, I want the priest to go first. And when they stepped their first foot in, boom, it stopped. The water was held back. So what happened was, is it was a step of faith for them to cross into the, into the promised land. When they stepped into the Jordan, the priest put his foot in the water and the water stopped and they crossed across. God doesn't work the same way he always works. He's, he never changes. He, ne- he, does, he always remains the same. But the way he worked was different. The Red Sea, he parted it. This one, he held back the waters for them to go. So God is going to work. God is going to bring you through that land of, of area, in that area where, you know, it doesn't look like it's the best. It doesn't taste like the best. And I'm sick of eating the same thing. I'm sick of eating manna. But God's saying, I'm bringing you into a promised land that will supply every need, supply, and it will be a blessing to you so you can be a blessing to other people instead of just getting enough for the day. Oh, I've got to fill my pot full of manna and, um, and get just enough for today and then go back. Come on. Bad throws. Anyway. Ah, okay. This is a bad idea throwing bread at you people. But anyway. Um, but God wants us to live in, in a place of abundance and blessing, not just getting enough for today. That was enough for, uh, for a supply for them to be an abundance to them. And so God says, I supply you with enough for the day and I'm going to supply you enough till you get through that season. But when you step over, I want you to walk in abundance. I want you to walk in a, a fullness that I have created for you. So let's pray.